Hey everybody, this is Liliana Milleva and I'm excited to bring you Menopause Made Easy, a podcast designed to provide you tips and strategy to navigate the changes in woman's body, mind and spirit with more grace and ease. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe and turn on your notifications so you are updated of each episode release. All right, let's dive in. Welcome for today's show of Menopause Made Easy. I'm your host, Diliana Mileva, and I have with me today a really interesting professional and practitioner, Gita Seti, that she has a very important information for you. Gita Seti is a functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner, a Ayurveda lifestyle consultant. And today we discuss with her good health and menopause from functional nutrition approach. So tell me how this love for nutrition come to bring you to this field to help women with functional nutrition. And what is actually functional nutrition? Yeah, thank you, Juliana, for uh, bringing me on your platform. And it's actually something which I have been very passionate about from childhood. I have spent a lot of time with my mother in the kitchen when I was growing up and in the family and learning about plants and why we cook in a certain way. And it was something which you do not realize. And I don't know if your viewers or listeners know about Ayurveda, but that's a traditional Indian science of medicine. And a lot of people know yoga and meditation. And that's where Ayurveda, uh, those arms are basically what originate from Ayurveda. And so it was something which I took for granted, but I was growing up with it all around me. And then I later in life, I had my personal uh, situation where I was going through a very stressful phase in life. And I was diagnosed with uh, GERD or basically I used to have severe acidity with any kind of food. And when I went to the medical community, to to my doctor, and they did some tests and everything, and they couldn't figure out what was causing it. All I was told was just given a list of foods and told to avoid And that's it. I was sent home and they gave me proton pump inhibitors just as to manage the acidity and keep the acid reflux down. But nobody really did any conversation with me that what was causing you to get that. And that's when I started searching. You know, as a child, I had grown up with so much wisdom of the culture that I started looking into that and I started figuring out what was it that was causing me to get that. And I was able to pinpoint what was happening in my body. And instead of taking those proton pump inhibitors, which were prescribed to me, which were not over the counter, in fact, they were much stronger than over the counter medications, which you can get for just getting a little bit of gas and bloating. And because I took it for two days, and I felt dizzy taking them. And I decided this is not the route I want to take, I'm going to explore on my own. And within six months of doing certain protocols of figuring out what was impacting my body, I was able to treat myself. Because I knew what was going on. I know more about my body. And that is when my journey into kind of taking it further and learning more about it and researching and qualifying myself began. So I went back to school to study nutrition, which I did locally in in Canada with CSNN, which is the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. And then I continued studying further and went on to understand what functional nutrition is, which is a very big field, which is coming up again. The whole concept of functional nutrition, it originates from functional medicine, which is coming up. And what the whole concept is based on is that there are two things which are very, very important. One is a root cause resolution. That is, you try and understand for any health condition, any medical condition, 
what is it that is going on with the person rather than just trying to treat a symptom which has become what the pharmaceuticals and the medical community is doing today like you go to them for eczema just as an example and they'll give you some topical creams to deal with eczema but they won't try and understand what is it that is really causing eczema and so that is what we go after we try and understand what is really going on and the other aspect of functional medicine is that functional nutrition is that we each person is unique which is a bio individuality so we try and understand how is this unique person made up and in order to identify that we look at the whole person as the terrain of that person how they're growing up what is their diet what is their living environment what is their social setup what are their genes so we look at the being as a person as a whole what has there been mental and emotional life before what stress or trauma they're holding on to what are they eating what is their knowledge base are they even aware of what they're eating is healthy for them or not so we look at all that and it requires a person to connect with themselves and empower themselves to understand what is it that is causing any condition to come up so it's not just about giving them a list of foods it's a very vast holistic approach to dealing with a person as a whole rather than just dealing with a symptom or a condition so that's what functional nutrition in a gist i can tell you is all about it's really how supposed to be it's a complex complex thinking very individual so i like this approach this type of medicine work on the person as a whole today it's very very important good health and everybody talk about good health and how important it is to have a good good health for today to really be in a good condition So could you explain a little bit for the people who are not familiar about the good health why it's so important? Yeah, you know, Deliana, it's very interesting because I hear a lot of people talking about oh I'm working on my gut health and they've heard somewhere or the other because it's all over social media people are talking about gut health but if you ask the question and it happens with 8 out of 10 of my clients are not able to tell me what is really their gut and why are they sitting there they've heard so much so that is a very simple word which is being used nowadays because of a lot of things which have happened a lot of research has happened in the last 20 years regarding the gut health but at the basic level at the foundation level gut is nothing but your complete digestive system so it starts from your mouth and goes all the way to your elementary canal and goes all the way till you poop out so basically your bum so that whole elementary canal or your digestive tract is your gut and that whole gut is very very important or your complete digestive system is very very important because 90% of the health conditions begin in the gut this is something that we've been hearing about again and again and again but nobody really understands how the thing is that a human body is a very intelligent piece of machinery and each and every organ of this body requires fuel to function and that fuel comes through nutrients when we eat food so the purpose of your digestive system is to convert that food into how the body needs how that fuel is needed it converts it into energy it can, takes out the micronutrients it takes out the minerals it takes out the vitamins so that responsibility belongs to the gut and what the modern research what we have realized now which is very recently in the last 20 years we figured out that there is a huge colony of bacteria which lives in our digestive system all along and that's what is called the microbiome which is also being called the third brain of the body and that actually is what strains our immune system our immune cells 
These are colonies of bacteria which have existed on the, on the planet much before we human beings evolved. So they carry the intelligence of how to survive, how to convert food and how to make energy. And that intelligence is transferred through them to our body. And they have a lot of roles that they play in the body. And so our overall health today depends on the health of our gut microbiome or the health of these bacteria. And that's why it has become a topic of like what social media is talking about, what modern medicine is discussing, what doctors are talking about. They keep telling you to take probiotics, but really the health of the gut microbiome and the health of your gut is not just popping probiotics or popping pills. It's a lot more. It's a much vaster field. And that's the reason why it's very, very important that your gut should be very healthy. And what role is actually play the fiber? Yeah. So fiber. So when I use the word probiotics, there is probiotics is nothing but the bacteria which are in your gut throughout the tract. And the food that these bacteria eat is basically fiber because most of the fiber that we eat, the body does not break it down. The fiber has two roles. One is for the longest time, we kept thinking that fiber is what prevents constipation. It adds bulk. It prevents, carries the food down. It carries bulk to the food. But what we have realized now is that that is just one role. The biggest role for fiber in our body is that it is food for these gut bacteria, for a microbiome. Because when they eat that fiber, they convert it into short-chain fatty acids. They basically, they create compounds which fight inflammation in the body, which increase your immune system, which heal your gut lining. So all that is done by these gut bacteria. And if you're not eating fiber, and if you're not giving them a diverse kind of fiber, which comes through basically plants, all fiber comes from plants. So if you're not eating different kinds of grains, if you're not eating different kinds of starchy vegetables, if you're not kind of eating green leafy vegetables, basically the diverse kind of fibers you eat, the diverse your microbiome becomes. And the more health you will get. And that's why fiber is very, very important for the gut. Diversification is important also to be. Very, very, very important because we know that over time, we have lost 40% of the diversity of our gut microbiome. That means there are strains in our gut microbiome which played a certain role and they've become extinct, as in they're not there in our gut microbiome anymore. And they had certain roles, protective roles they were playing in our health. We've lost them and that's why we are seeing, there are obviously a lot of other factors, but that's why we are seeing people are getting sick with autoimmune conditions. There are more than 100 autoimmune conditions today, a lot more cancer, a lot more heart conditions, a lot more inflammation causing conditions, a lot more menopausal problems, a lot more mental issues. All that can be impacted by the health of your gut microbiome. Your gut microbiome talks to your brain. Your brain is responsible. It's the motor, it's the hypothalamus is what is controlling the functioning of your body. So everything is connected and your gut microbiome has a big role to play in your health. So let's talk about now what is the role in our gut play in a menopause. Okay, so menopause is a very interesting stage in a woman's life. You know, it's menopause. That means a woman is not having her periods anymore. She's not ovulating anymore. And it's a shift and we call it a pause, but actually it's also a stage which is basically leading to a pause in where she needs to look over as in she has been a nurturer. She was somebody who could have a baby. She could She's taking care of the family. And that's the stage where it's very important that a woman starts focusing on herself and starts taking care of herself. So what happens during menopause physiologically in the body is when a woman stops ovulating, 
there are two very important hormones which a woman's body produces which is estrogen and progesterone now estrogen as a hormone is very important not only for ovulation not only for the reproductive health it has a lot of other roles in a woman's body and even in men estrogen is produced it's just the quantity varies based on the role it plays but in a woman's body estrogen is responsible for fat disposition for metabolization of fat and sugars it is responsible for bone growth it is responsible for cardiovascular protection it is cardiovascular protective it is responsible for cognition so if you think of it when you hit menopause the levels of estrogen and progesterone go down because your ovaries do not produce any eggs anymore because you're not fertile anymore so the production of these hormones go down which means that that's why you see typically women who are experiencing menopause symptoms the chances of osteoporosis goes up after menopause the chances of cardiovascular conditions go up women complain of obesity fat issues fat problems that they're not being able to lose weight easily so all those estrogen has a role to play at menopause what becomes more important is because the ovaries are not performing they're not doing the function of producing estrogen anymore so we have a gut microbiome in the gut microbiome there are certain strains of bacteria which form a colony called estrobelome even the name which has been coined to them is estrobelome which is a colony of bacteria which are responsible for breaking down or metabolizing or sometimes even producing estrogen in the body and they clean up the dirty estrogens and they make sure that estrogen is available in the bloodstream to be absorbed by the estrogen receptors so those things can be prevented so your gut is very very important because you need to focus on nourishing that strains of bacteria which are a part of that estrobelome especially at menopause it becomes even more important because that estrogen is very very important for you and it becomes even more important because most of the women by the time they hit menopause they're reaching a stage stage where the adrenals also start producing a little bit more of estrogen that role which the ovaries were being given goes to the adrenals and most of the women at that stage are kind of at a stage where they're exhausted you know they've given so much to the family and they're kind of in their 50s they're like they've done so much and given so much of themselves so stress has a very important aspect that most of the women by then are very stressed or very exhausted and adrenals are the ones which are responsible for producing a lot more estrogen and progesterone at that stage so that also gets impacted so your estrobelome is capable of supporting your adrenals as well by reducing the inflammation by supporting the body in bringing the stress levels down so it has a lot multiple levels at which your estrobelome or your microbiome is working in supporting women at menopausal levels so very important that the gut is not ignored and the gut microbiome is not ignored during menopause right is there any specific in terms of nutrition that can support our gut health during menopause yeah you know what as i said that menopause is a time when a woman is generally more stressed they she is exhausted and there is a huge nutrient deficit that we are seeing in women at menopausal stage so very important that you have a balanced diet estrogen is what is responsible for breaking down of insulin for breaking down of sugars and for breakdown of fat so you have to make sure that your diet is very balanced with the focus of not on highly refined carbs and sugars 
And the focus should be on getting good quality proteins, good quality fats, and making sure that they can be broken down. One very important thing that I tell all my women, but more so when they're in menopausal stage, but even when they're in reproductive stage before menopause, is focusing on cruciferous vegetables. Because cruciferous vegetables are what help in body breakdown of estrogen and throwing out the dirty estrogens. They are high sulfur vegetables, which support the microbiome. The fiber in the cruciferous vegetables is what supports the estrobalone, that colony of the bacteria, which support the breakdown of estrogens. Those are the vegetables which have the fiber, which supports estrobalome. So very, very important that you eat at least one cup of cruciferous vegetables, mostly cooked, because most of the women at this age also have slow metabolisms and the digestive systems are not perfect. So it's very important that take steamed or stir fried cruciferous vegetables one serving every day. So that's one very important thing. Have good quality fats, very, very important from nuts and seeds and uh, ghee and uh, you could use lard, some form of good quality saturated fats because people avoid, you know, people have an impression that saturated fats are bad. If they are procured properly, if they are from free range farms, in case it's lard or in case it's eggs or it's in case it's ghee, they're very good for you. If they're ethically raised and procured properly and if they're clean ones, they're very good for you. So good quality fats is very important and lots of fresh fruits and vegetables should be a part of your diet. Green leaf seeds nuts need to be something that it's in your daily meals, right? For sure. I mean, we, I generally say anywhere between four to six cups of vegetables every day with one to two servings of fruits every day. And in that four to six cups, it should be diverse with at least one serving to two servings of green leafy vegetables, one to two servings of cruciferous. And then you choose some root vegetables, you choose some non-starchy vegetables. So you get a diversity of all these in your diet. And what I highly recommend to women, as far as they're not allergic to soy, is to include some natural sources, phytoestrogen sources of food like soybeans, like edamame, get natto, tempeh, then asparagus is an excellent source of estrogen, fennel, Fresh fennel bulbs are an excellent source of estrogen. Sesame seeds are an excellent source of phytoestrogen. So foods like this should be a part of your diet on a regular basis. Is there something specific as a lifestyle or habit that impact our good health and can support us during menopause? Yes, you know, there are a lot of things which actually the gut health is, a, as I said, there are a lot of things which can impact that terrain, which make up a person. But specifically on for gut health, there are two things which I really recommend to people. And both of them are interrelated. You can't separate it. One is intermittent fasting. Now, intermittent fasting is something which is traditionally cultures have done it all the time. Fasting has been a part of their routine on a regular basis. So based on the spectrum of health, intermittent fasting may not be suitable for everybody. But in general, if you're overall healthy and if you're not dysglycemic or you don't get hypoglycemia, that is in case you don't eat for two hours. And if you get dizzy, then you may not be the right person for intermittent fasting. You need to work to a certain point where your blood sugar can be controlled uh, or can be managed. But intermittent fasting is one very important aspect. And the second thing which I really work with all my clients is as a lifestyle to support gut health is managing your circadian rhythm which is your body's clock should be in sync with the clock of nature, the sun and the moon. So try and wake up as much as possible with the sunrise and try and sleep as much as closer possible to sunset. 
I know in today's times, it's not possible. So I tell my clients, ideally by 10, sleep. And ideally by 6.37, wake up. And the first thing that you see, which helps support getting or resetting your circadian rhythm is look at sunlight the minute you wake up. Open your curtains, get fresh sunlight in your eyes because that rarely changes. There is, you have a pineal gland, which is responsible for producing melatonin. And that gets triggered with the exposure to sunlight. So it's very, very important that you see sunlight and your body clock, the way your body produces insulin, the way your gut microbiome functions, everything, every single organism on this planet, whether living in you, whether you or living around you, plants, everybody has a rhythm which is in sync with the rhythm of the planet of nature, of the sun and moon. So it's very, very important that if you want to be healthy, you have to be in sync with that. So that's a very important aspect, which a lot of people kind of miss. People like to have late nights. They sleep in late. If you want to be healthy, that's something which you have to understand. I know there have been some researchers saying, oh, teenagers get up late and all. I think I am not a big fan of that. I believe there is a reason why all of us need to be in rhythm with nature because it does give us the benefits. It takes a little bit of work. Once you get your body clock in sync with that, you will automatically wake up without even an alarm clock. And when it's time for you to sleep, your body will automatically respond and it'll make you feel sleepy. It just takes a little bit of effort initially to get into that clock and reset it. But once it's done, it just becomes a part of your lifestyle. You can actually work or regard of a season of woman's life as uh, related to the season of the year, right? Definitely. Definitely. Everything in that is the whole concept of Ayurveda that when a baby is born, that's we call it the kapha or the spring of the cycle of life. And then we have summer, which is the middle age, when you are ready to thrive and when you're ready to work and you are energetic and you're out there to do everything. And when you re- reach menopause, we call it the fall, the fall season of the seasons of life or of the cycle of nature around it, because that's your, it's like the cycle is completing and you're in the last stage. So everything slows down. And so you need to slow down as well and think inwards about focusing on yourself, that what have you accomplished and what is it that you would like to do with the rest of your life? So everything, even in a woman's life, there's stages, even in nature, there's stages, everything is cyclical. That's how nature is. Even the dosha, if you take a dosha from Ayurveda also, or the constitution of uh, every individual, I think it's related with vata. That's right. You're right. Fall is vata. So vata is the stage where everything slows down. It's We call it, I mean, you understand that the five element theory, that those five elements are the building blocks of everything. And vata is the lightest stage. Everything is becoming dry because the element which is active at this stage is wind or the air. And it exists in the vacuum, which is the space or the ether. So that's the stage where you are. Everything is drying up. And that's why when you see menopausal, your metabolism slows down. Arthritis, which is typically a vata condition, because your body is becoming drier and lighter. And that's why you need to nourish it with more grounding foods. You need to eat more root vegetables. You need to do massages. You need to relax. You need to do breath work. You need to calm down and ground yourself more. So yeah, it's everything. I mean, once you start understanding this, there is so much. I mean, we can go on and on and talk. Yeah, about yeah, you can talk. Uh, so you, can have, you can have another talk on that for sure. Yeah, about the seasons and the three cycles and the doshas of life and how menopause is basically the start of the vata stage of life. 
Yes, thank you. Gita, how people, I know that you're based in a Vancouver area in British Columbia, Canada. How people can reach out to you? So, Deliana, I am actually very active on social media. I have a company and I consult. I offer private consultations. My company is called Living Well with Gita. They can find me on Instagram under the same handle, Living Well with Gita, or on Facebook. I also have a website under the name of livingwellwithgita.com and they can reach out on any of the platforms and there are ways they can reach out to me and my phone numbers are also available or they can message me directly for any consults. And I allow, before I bring anybody on board, if you would like to know more about how I work with a client, they all can book a 30-minute complimentary session with me before they come on board to learn more about me and to see if we are the right fit and if I can help them in their journey towards health and well-being. Thank you so much for today's wisdom in this episode. Thank you, listener, to tune in and listen. Keep listening. We release every Friday morning's new episode. And again, thank you so much, Gita, to be with me today. Thank you, Deliana. This was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning into Menopause Made Easy. You can check out more episodes on Apple, Spotify, eHeart Radio, and your favorite podcast apps. Check out the show notes for any website linked to this episode, including where to connect with me on social media. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you'll be updated of each episode release. And visit me at menopausesupportacademy.com for all podcast updates as well. Appreciate you dropping by.